Hi, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, joined by my good friend, my assistant, beat writer. This guy right here, the man, the legend, the great Ezekiel Trezevan. Zeke, how you doing, bud? Doing well, Hondo. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. I appreciate you. I got to tell you, I got to give you some props. This is how much I respect you. Yesterday, I was talking about Zeus, Zamir White, and evidently a couple of times I referred to him as Zeke. So that tells you how high I think <laughs> about you, a former defensive end. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. That's hilarious. Listen, I can, I can no. see how you can get me and Zeus confused. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you something. So I, I was gifted a pair of Air Force Ones. And I put them on. They're comfortable. I took a picture of them. I didn't think anything of it. Because when I told people I was getting them, they're like, you got to send us a picture. So I did. Blew up. Because I had on old man white socks. Now, I got messages from people of all colors. Hey, don't let them call you an old white guy. I'm an old black guy and I wear black. I, I wear white socks. I'm like, okay, good. Because when I was growing up, when your dad would wear black socks, you'd be like, Dad, you don't wear black socks or tennis shoes. Because they'd come home from work, take off their dress shoes, and put on their tennis shoes. Zeke, it blew up. I mean, you saw it. <clears throat> I said to you, I don't, I don't mind being the brunt of a joke. I just want to know what the joke was. I had no idea what was so funny. People were telling me, you got to talk to Zeke. Zeke's got to set you straight. So... Luckily, Shannon comes on. She had black socks for me. She was appalled. So I promise. I promise. Listen. I promise. No black Air Force that. Ones without black socks. Yeah, no, whenever you're rocking the black shoes, really, especially with the forces, you got to go black on black. I, listen, I want you to know, as big as that as, as that post went, I want you to know that I received text messages about your white socks. So that's how big... That 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 picture went. So it did. It was right, now here's big, the deal. Yes, Do you have a pair of them? A pair of black uh, forces? No, not anymore. I haven't had forces in in, in a little bit, but I've had had some in in, a, in the past, though, for sure. Is that something you want one day? Um. Yeah. 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 I'm down. Listen, forces are are timeless. You know, as long as you get some you know colors that you can wear with a lot of different outfits, it's not wrong with with Air Force. But you're a Raider fan, so I'm saying, would you want the black Air Force Ones? Oh, yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. Listen, black Air Forces, always a good one. Uh, these were a gift to me, okay? I'm going to buy you a pair. Hey, you get a gift, I get a gift. Everybody gets a gift. I'm with it. I'm like Oprah. You get a pair. You get a Tell you what, yeah. go one step farther. You ready for this one, Zeke? I would like everybody who's interested in a pair of Air Force Ones, I want you to send me an email. Name, address, shoe size, one sentence only, why you deserve it. Okay? Now, I'm going to take one only, one per email address. If you go crazy on me, and start sending me 10 emails, September email addresses. No, it's not for anyone else. It's got to be for you. Now, this is the 30, I think this is, what's today? Today, Tuesday or Wednesday? 
uh, Wednesday. Okay. They've got to get to me by midnight Eastern tonight. So if you send me an email for them after midnight Eastern on the 31st, I'm just going to delete, not even going to look at it. I'm going to take all the emails that are legitimate, meaning not somebody because I want to sell them on eBay, just somebody with a legitimate story. Name, address, Sushas. I'm going to put them all together, and I'll number them. So, like, if we get 100, I'm going to let my wife pick a number randomly on this podcast, and I will announce the winner, and I'll buy them a pair of Black Air Force Ones. So you get a pair, and one other person gets a pair. Is there any, can you say thanks to Hondo Claus? Listen, thanks, Hondo Claus, for sure. I'm fat like Santa. All right, here we go, brother. Let's get into some Raider talk. It's kind of fun, though, to give you a pair and give them a pair. What size do you wear, by the way? 13, yes, sir. I'm going to hook you up. I'm hooking you up, Zeke. Let's do it. Let's get it happening. All right, let's get into some Raider talk. Now, this is early in the morning, like 6 o'clock in the morning on uh, on the 31st. And as of right now, it's not been announced to um, – uh, AP's picking it as his offensive coordinator. I think it will come today. Um, there are a couple reasons that it may not, but I, I would I, I would think not in any way. That's all opinion. Not reporting that is factual. But there seems to be a little behest in Raider Nation. Why don't we have this? To me, this is not a big deal. I really respect AP is sitting down with guys gathering information he's he's wants someone to win him over he doesn't care if you failed at other places because he understands that sometimes assistants fail because of head quarter head coaches i mean look at patrick graham who you and i both agree should be a head coach the man is a genius a great football mind great man great person and he failed with the Giants because of the idiocy of the head coach. He understands that AP does. So he's going through letting people win him. I like the way AP's handling this. I don't think there's any reason for fans to be concerned. I love the the way that AP is, is dotting every I, crossing every T. I'd like your thought on it. Yeah, so I actually agree with you, but I think it's even to that point, it's even bigger than AP because Mark Davis did the same thing, right? In terms of the, the head coaching process, in terms of the general manager process, as much as you may, you know, a lot of people may have been kind of nudging Mark, Mark did the same thing, crossed his T's, he dotted his I's. And, and, and I, I think it speaks to the organization in terms of where they're heading. Uh, they want to make sure that every choice that they make going forward is the right choice. So, you know, if, if you ask me, I think especially because it's the off season, it's early in the off season. I mean, the season has been in, has ended, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? They have nothing but time, right? So what's an extra couple of days to make sure you get the right person moving forward, especially at the offensive coordinator position, because you don't want to be next year or two years down the road and looking for another offensive coordinator because you've rushed at this point in the process. So I think AP is doing the right thing. And like you said, you already have Patrick Graham there, so you don't have to find a defensive coordinator. So why not take the time, the extra time to find you a offensive coordinator to pair with that defense that you have that played well this season? Good point. All right, let's talk about Patrick Graham. Legitimate, real candidate at Seattle. Um, as you know, I had talked about before Pete Carroll was even let go, 
there was one team that had not yet let go of their coach that I felt he had a shot. <clears throat> I mean, it, it was very close candidate in Seattle. I, you and I share a deep affinity for him. Um, I respect him as a man, the way he has built relationships on that team on both sides of the football. I respect his mind. He's one of the smartest human beings on any subject, not just football. I mean, he, he is a genius mentally. As a matter of fact, I, I it would not surprise never mind. He's just a genius. Um well I'll say it. I, I I would be stunned if he's not Menzo. I mean, that's how smart that the man is. He understands the game backwards, forwards. He's caring about people. This guy, anytime that you start a season with Patrick Graham on your staff is a good day. And if he doesn't get a, we've been saying it from day one, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, he'll be back here as the defensive coordinator. To me, there's nothing, one of the biggest gets for the Raiders was keeping and be able to keep Patrick Graham if that happens. Your thoughts on Patrick? Like you said, right, we we have both spoken, you know, many times on and off the podcast, you know, in terms of how we feel about uh, Patrick Graham and and deservedly so. He's done a great job. I think the one thing that I like, and, and you spoke about how smart of a person he is and how great of a man he is off the, field, off the field. But for me, what I like is his ability to make adjustments on the field. Uh, there's a lot of smart coaches out there who aren't able to translate their intelligence to and through to the players and get that product on the field. And what I saw with what we all saw with Patrick Graham this season was he has the ability to do that, even when the situations aren't necessarily favorable. So, you know, you saw the ups and downs of this team or in terms of the defense. But in the long run, when it push came to shove, that defense came through. And I think it was a direct correlation with Patrick Graham. Uh, Everything he did this season did not work, but the majority of it did. Um, And it speaks to his knowledge of the game, like you said, inside and out, whether what he you know, what he puts out there works this time. He has the ability to go back in, make the adjustments and get the best product. So I think his intelligence was shown on the field. Hands down, the biggest keep or the biggest get uh, was keeping Patrick Graham. Had they lost Patrick Graham or if they lose Patrick Graham, that's a major hole that they would have to fill. And and they're almost, they would almost be starting over again in terms of uh, the defense, you know, in terms of trying to get that progress going forward. So keeping him on the staff was huge. um, And it's going to be a big deal going forward. 100% agree with you. You know, you mentioned something that I thought was really bright is he tried some things that didn't work because I think that talks about his mindset. I don't know everything. Let's try. Sometimes we think genius means no failure. I don't think you can be a genius and not fail. I know a lot of people who are afraid of change are afraid of, of, of doing new things because they're so afraid to fail that they'll never taste success. I think that's part of the taste of genius is yeah, I don't I don't care if it fails. I'm gonna try it because I'm not worried about my ego. I'm worried about my success. Thoughts? Listen, um, it, it's funny you say that because coaches is, a lot of times can coach with their ego, and that can cost you some games, big games, right? If if you start coaching with your ego, so uh, Patrick Graham is a great a great example of not coaching with his ego, but coaching with his mind, coaching with his strengths and his knowledge of football. So uh, that's one thing that I appreciated about him is, is, hey, you know, a couple of those weeks, especially early on in the season, you know, he he went at it with a certain direction. And when it didn't work, he said, okay, let's go back to the drawing board and figure it out. I think the biggest uh, example of that would be moving 
uh, Tyree into the inside, right? That was something that kind of came later in the season, but it showed his open-mindedness in terms of trying new things, and you saw the results of it. Uh, so I, I think it speaks volume in terms of his ability to adjust, to make adjustments, and to learn um, and not coach with his ego. So, yeah, Patrick Graham is doing a great job, and, and he will continue to do so. Mm-hmm. And I love the way – so this 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 transitions to Antonio Pierce on a really good point. Shockingly, Antonio Pierce has taken some criticism for listening to Marvin Lewis, Lewis Tom Coughlin. <clears throat> Makes no sense to me. You know my relationship with Rick Goslin, who many people consider the greatest NFL writer of all time. None of my big articles don't go through him. He edits for me. I'm constantly picking his brain. He's not only my, my a guy that I look at as a mentor, he's a mentor, but one of my best friends. To me, no matter how successful you are, you constantly want to have wise counsel. You constantly want to have people. Weak people don't like strong people. Nick Saban says it this way. Mediocre people hate high achievers. High yeah. achievers hate mediocre people. To me, The fact he wants Marvin Lewis around, Tom Coughlin around, Patrick Graham around. Three men, brilliant. Three men, tremendous at what they do. Tells me everything I need to know about AP. My dad used to say, show me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. And that's the case. Boy, I think that paints even a brighter picture of Antonio Pierce. And my question would be, what else is Antonio Pierce supposed to do, right? You know, on one hand, he's inexperienced and he doesn't, he hasn't had a head coaching position. And when he goes and gets veteran coaches that can help him out, legitimate veteran coaches, not just random guys off the street, guys that have won Super Bowls that have been in the bigger games in the NFL. When he goes and gets that counsel, gets that, you know, those people behind him, he's knocked for that too. It's kind of like, where where is he supposed to go as a head coach? But to your point, I think it speaks to his ability to say, hey, you know what? I know what I don't know. And bigger than that, I know multiple people, multiple people who know those things that I don't know. So I think it speaks to how good of a coach AP is and how good of a coach he has the potential to be. So I, I think it was a good idea for him to go to those guys and bring them on staff or just kind of consult with them um, on the side. I think it's a wise, wise thing for him to do. All right, let's turn to the NFL draft. I, uh, I think the Raiders got a good spot at 13. You know what? There may be a quarterback that drops to them. If not, you know they're going to get a a terrific offensive lineman or a a defensive lineman. There's a lot of options there. Corner, a lot of great options for the Las Vegas Raiders. There's a lot of people who say, we got to move up and get a quarterback. Well, we've been talking about this on the podcast. I've got an article coming on it. Uh, Nearly 60% of quarterbacks picked in the first round fail. And yet to move up, You've got to mortgage your future trying to buy your present. If they're not convinced there is a dude, which you know this, we are growing so much as a podcast, some of our new listeners may not. There's a term in the NFL for a dude, which is a can't miss. If you're not convinced there's an Andrew Luck, a Peyton Manning, a C.J. Stroud, if you're not 100% convinced there's a dude, you stay where you are. Now, because of the changes in 2011, you can pick a guy at 13, and if he fails, it isn't life-ending. And so if if you stay at 13 and pick a guy and it doesn't work, you're not going to fire AP. You're not going to fire Telesco for that. People fail. You move up, and he fails. Folk getting fired. 
<laughs> Your thoughts. A thousand percent. Um, I'm pretty, I don't want to say passionate, but I'm pretty passionate that the, I feel like the Raiders should stay at 13. And like you said, you know, we're in Las Vegas, bro. You're talking about gambles on both sides, right? Hey, if that guy is, and I disagree with you, I don't think you have to be 100% sure, Hondo. I think you got to be 110% sure if you're going to trade that many picks and go up and not, it's already bad enough that you'll be trading up, right? The guy has to be good regardless of position. You have to be even more right because it's quarter. It's the quarterback position, right? You can draft a defensive lineman or whatever it may be, fail and, and get a pass. You trade up and, and for a quarterback, and he does not hit. Good luck on that. And then you got to think also, uh, you know, Tom Telesco, right? Just getting hired, is he really going to mortgage his legacy with the Chargers on a maybe this year one, right? Like, why? Why would he take that risk for himself or for the team and, and risk being wrong? That would be monumental. And also, like we've, like we've said a bunch of times, I personally do not feel like the Raiders are that far off to where they need to go mortgage next year's picks. The year Like, you don't want to do that, right? They're too close to do that. So I think they should stay put. I think there's going to be top talent at a position they need or multiple positions that they need at 13 if they just wait it out. So there's no need to go trading next year's first and all this for, you know, a quarterback that may or may not work out. And I'm not sure that there's any quarterbacks that you can guarantee are going to work out this year even even Caleb right so it can go either way even with him so in my opinion I feel like the Raiders should stay put I think they're in a golden position to to get some quality talent at 13. I 100% agree with you by the way this Monday is going to be my first mock draft Monday all right let's go it's that time I'm excited about my mock draft Monday all right I want to one other person, I want to talk about one other thing, then I want to get into some players I want to talk about, but a particular group of players. Trey Tucker is a guy that I think is next year's breakout player. I think this kid has superstardom. Um, this is a kid, remind me a lot of Henry Ruggs, huge speed, um, showed flashes as a rookie, showed concerns as a rookie. But in year two, before the horrific, stupid mistake he made, Henry Ruggs was showing all pro talent. I think Trey Tucker is a guy next year that is going to just take the lid off it. I think he's going to be a starter from day one. I am a big, uh, I am riding and driving the Trey Tucker train. Listen, I'm right there with you. Um, he's he's got the he's got the potential obviously we've seen it really since he was drafted right we all we've all kind of had eyes on Trey even since the preseason last year when he was struggling we all kind of had eyes on Trey because we knew he had the potential to kind of you know make a run for it so I think with a with a full offseason of a new coaching staff a new offensive coordinator coming in and spending time with him and putting the work in to figure out how to use him the best way possible I definitely think he's going to be that guy that's going to make a name for himself. Uh, he's shown the flashes, like you said, this year, um, you know, taking the top off of defenses, big gains, large gains to kind of spark the offense. I think you give him some time to learn the game even more over the offseason, more time to to train with uh, the quarterback for next season. And the sky really is the limit for Trey in year two um, going forward. So I'm excited to see what he does. Um, you know, you saw late in the late uh, part of the season just how well uh, he played. And I think it's going to continue next year. Awesome. All right. I want to talk to you about next year's money year, guys. And you know this, but again, we're growing. Um, These are guys who are going into year three. And in the NFL, if you can get to year three, it's called the money year. It's where guys 
make their money. It's it's where they say, okay, I'm part of the long-term plan here. Malcolm Kuntz was a guy all last year going into the year. I talked about believed in him, but he had to have a big money year. Luckily for him, McDaniels gets fired. The lid comes off. Patrick Graham lets him loose. And man, now he made money in his money year. Let's talk about some of these guys. The first one, Zamir White. I'm a buyer on the Zeus train. I believe in this young man. You and I have talked about this. He's got muscles in places of his body I've never seen. I mean, he looks like a piece of granite. This kid is just a wonderful young man as a person. He's loved by his teammates. He's humble. He's a hard worker. There is nothing about this kid. Forget he's a football player. If he just worked at McDonald's, it's the kid you want your daughter to marry. He just, I just love this kid. Your thoughts on Zeus, Zeke? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so listen, I think, uh, you know, I, I have a very firm belief in Zeus and his uh, his abilities. I think for him, it's just opportunity. Right. And unfortunately for him, you know, he was playing behind one of the best running backs in the league for the last two years in Josh Jacobs. So it wasn't necessarily a thing that he did wrong. He's just at the wrong position, if you will, because the guy in front of him was so good. But we saw this year when he had the opportunities, when he was the center of the of the running attack. We saw what he can do. So I think he's shown the ability to to be a starting running back in the NFL, specifically for the Raiders. Obviously, we just have to see what happens with Josh. But I think given the opportunity, he's going to prove that he can do exactly what he did in the last, what, four games of the season this year. So uh, you give him an offseason, you build around him, you make a game plan around him. I think I think he's shown his abilities. I agree with you. Next, we're going to talk about Matthew Butler, defensive tackle, UT. like him he's been very warm at the time i talked to him but he's shown us nothing this is a guy that i mean even with Koontz, you saw something i've not seen anything maybe you have that's why we're talking about him but i mean i wouldn't be shocked if he's a casualty and not even on the roster next year i'm not predict i'm, I'm, not, I'm not making a prediction yet but i have not seen it and it's not personal neither one of us dislikes him it's just a nothing burger. Hey, where am I wrong? Now, listen, I was going to say not personal at all. Um, you know, I, I personally have spent the last two, three weeks dissecting, you know, the the defensive line and, and the stats in terms of players that are going. And, and you're right. If you look at the numbers, it's, it's just not there necessarily. Now, obviously, football goes well beyond the numbers. That's not what we're saying here. But in terms of his position, there are other guys that are around him that are producing more. And it's not a knock on him personally. It's just the fact of the matter that casualty was the right word. When you said casualty, I think that's the perfect word. To me, when you say casualty, it's not personal. It's all business. It's all numbers. It's all money. It's It just doesn't add up. And, and I agree with you. I think next season he, he could be a, a casualty for the Raiders. Yeah. And, you know, what's amazing is it's hard to look at the numbers. He doesn't have any. Yeah. Like if you go look at the numbers, it speaks for itself, right? That's not anybody's opinion. That's just the numbers. They're they're doing. They're making the opinion here. It was his own production, so it's it's not again a knock on him. It's not personal. It's just the fact of the matter. The third guy entering his money year, ooh, he made some now. See, we're talking about Jeff Jones. I mean to tell you, <laughs> this is a guy that halfway through the year. Many thought wouldn't get a money here. Wasn't on a roster. Champ Kelly Antonio Pierce talked to him. Go get him. Bring him in. And he lit it up. 
It's great for him to be with Antonio. It's great for him to be with Patrick Graham. And, man, that kid's on the precipice. If he can have a money year like his sophomore half a year, this guy's going to make some jack. Listen, uh, I think I think the number for Jack, I think he's on a, I think his contract is $2 million, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head. You know, $2 million left. They got okay. two years with this guy for a total, a total of $2 million. <laughs> So, so yes, like you said, if he comes out uh, this next season and he plays like he did this last half of the season, you're talking about big money. Um, he He's earned it at that point, right? To come up, you know, to not even be on the team halfway through the season this year and come and play the way he did. The, I mean, come on, that that is huge. So uh, he earned it, right? Like we talked about Malcolm, not Malcolm Butler, not necessarily having the, uh, the numbers. Jack has the numbers. He has the presence. He has the influence in the locker room. Another year like this last half of the season, and you got to pay the man for sure because he's on a he's on a hell of a deal right now uh, for the team. Right, and and everybody Zeke knew he was talking about Matthew Butler. He just said, "No, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. sorry. I, I know you meant it." Next is a guy you and I like as a player. You and I like as a man. I think he has shown himself. I think he's he's going to evolve into a Robert Spillane type player. Let's talk about Luke Masterson. I mean, I, I think you and I are both riding that train as well. Yes, Luke is talented, uh, and he plays his position well in terms of, like you said, right behind Spillane, uh, obviously Diablo right there as well in terms of the linebacker court. Uh, Masterson is is a great in terms of, you know, addition. I don't want to say addition, but he he fills the, the holes, especially if Spillane is not there or if Divine is not there. He does his job well, and he, and he does it admirably, right? So whenever he's on the field, it's not like he's a liability by any means. So he's got great potential, I think, going forward, especially if he continues to, to develop. Masterson has a bright future for sure. Future for sure. Next, let's talk about Thayer Munford. They wanted him to beat out Jermaine Illuminor this year. That was the plan. I was told that before the year. Hey, we're hoping that he beats Jermaine. He didn't. This is a guy that's shown a lot of flashes. He's a low-round draft pick. Again, like Masterson, he, he's not a guy that comes with a big price tag. Um, I think he absolutely has shown flashes of really being great. I think for him, this is going to be a big money year because I think the Raiders, there's a good chance. Now, how the draft falls determines a lot. But I think there's a chance they could be making a first-round investment in a right tackle, and then which is going to put him in, you know, fighting Illuminor for that swing spot. But I like Thayer. I think Thayer has a chance of being an absolute starter in this league. I believe in him. He's a guy, though, in his money year, he's going to have to make some money. Listen, I, I think you hit it right on the head when you said the draft will determine a lot, right? If they go out there and they draft an offensive lineman 13 overall, the, you know, the conversation around uh, around Thayer is going to be a little bit different just because of logistics, right? But in terms of his ability and, and staying on the team, let's say they do keep him. I think he's a, a great addition to keep on the team, whether he's starting or not. I think it's a, a great idea to keep him now. Obviously, the money turns out a little bit differently if he's a starter versus if he's not a starter. But I think if he has a good season, especially showing his ability to help add to the depth of the offensive line, I think that's going to be where his his um, where he makes his money, right, is, is, is being able to either A, be a starter when needed, or B, being a great depth player to whoever they may already have. I think he's worth keeping, especially if he has a productive season this year. Yeah, and I think I, I I'm if I had to bet on Thayer, I would. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, I want to talk about a guy who 
is one of the stars of this team who does not get enough praise. Um, This is a guy that Champ Kelly deserves all the credit in the world. Uh, Dylan Parham, all he's done is come in, keep his mouth shut, start every game for two years. He's an absolute star. He's one of those guys that he's not surly at all. Doesn't really like doing interviews, not against him, but he's not looking for the attention. Goes to work every day. All of his, there isn't a guy in that locker room that doesn't like Dylan Parham. There isn't a guy in that locker room that would question his work ethic. There isn't anybody in that locker room going to question his talent. Comes to work, great man. Just, he is exactly what you want when you make a draft pick. You want somebody who's going to be great on the field, off the field, play, do his job. Dylan Parham doesn't get the praise. Forget it being a money year from him. He's done earned the money. This guy's a potential. He's already a star. He's a potential superstar. Listen, like you listen, you hit, you couldn't have explained him any better than you did. Um, and, and one thing I would say about him is, is in terms of the interviews, he doesn't necessarily like doing them, but he almost always does them. And I think that yeah. speaks to his, you know, his ability to connect with people, especially his teammates. But one thing that I notice a lot in those interviews, just from listening to him talk, is that he's very, very smart. He's very, very cerebral in terms of every little thing that he does, in terms of knowing the playbook, in terms of coaching up his teammates. That's another thing that I noticed about him just being in the locker room. If I looked around, you don't you didn't really hear him a lot. He's not necessarily a loud guy by any means. But I look over to him and he's over there talking to the guy right next to him and to the left and to the right of him. And you can see that they're talking about football. You can see the guys coming up to him, asking them questions. And again, like you said, he's not looking for the attention, right? He, he's not there for the praise by any means, but his play speaks for itself. He's dependable. You can, you know, he's going to come to work. I think uh, AP calls it the lunch pail guy, right? Not, not glamorous, not beating his chest, not loud, but he gets the job done. He's there almost every game, if you will, right? So um, that's kind of why I had that smile on my face when you brought him up because he is that good of a player, Right. And he's that good of a person as well. So uh, going forward, man, he's going to be huge for the team. Like you said, he's already earned the money, in my opinion. He's his production is spoken for itself. Um, So going forward, I think he's going to be someone the Raiders decide to keep. So we'll see. Zeke, I want to ask you real quick before we move on from Dylan. I was asked recently, I was talking to some Raider fans um, and I brought Dylan up and I said, I'm surprised more people don't talk about him. And somebody said, how would you describe him? He reminds me, because of his intellect, a lot of Patrick Graham. Just his football IQ and his regular brain is through the roof. Do you, do you think I gave a fair analysis there? A thousand percent. Um, and that's it. So going back to kind of his interviews, whenever you interview him, I've noticed, whenever I interview him, I've noticed that his response is you can see his brain moving a million miles an hour. Right. And I think that speaks to his intelligence. Same with Patrick Graham. If you ask Patrick Graham a question, you can see his mind just move and it just goes. And I think you hit it right on the head. Right. He has it already there. He's a very, very cerebral dude. Um, And, and, you know, going forward, he's going to he's going to keep on adding to the team. So I think you explain his personality perfectly. Um, And I think it fits the locker room. I really do. I really do. I think his personality fits the locker room. Perfect. So, yes, I would say you explain his personality pretty well. Yeah, I I just think the world of him. Then we come to a guy, DJ Turner, has shown some flashes. Um, I don't think it's like Matthew where there's nothing. He's shown flashes. 
He's, he does what he needs to do on special team. I mean, I just, this is a guy that there's a place for him on this team, potentially, but it's going to be a, a money year for him. He's going to determine whether or not he makes the dough in 2024. I Again, I think you and I both like him. I don't think it has anything to do with none of these guys. It's personal, but this is a guy that has shown some flat with Matthew Butler. I like him. You like him, but there just hasn't been a lot of reasons for hope for him. Doesn't mean he can't doesn't mean we're rooting against him with DJ. He's shown some flashes. Now he's shown some things where you're like, okay, okay. I see you. I see you. Uh, your thoughts on DJ. So, yeah, with DJ, like you said, the word was flashes, right? And, and you have to ask yourself how how much do the Raiders value those flashes and how much do the, how much potential do they think they, they have in him because of those flashes? So I think this is going to be one of those words where, again, uh, with Butler, could he be a casualty? Yes, but he's a little bit a, a step above Butler, if you will, in terms of his potential going forward. Um, we'll see what he does. And also in terms of special teams, you know, just from, you know, spending time looking through the roster, that's, I think a lot of people forget that's an important part of this game too, right? So a guy might not be the next great starter, but guess what? You need people to fill out that special teams side of things too, right? So there is a lot of value in, in a great special teams player. So I think we got to keep that in mind going forward. So we'll see how the things fall for him uh, going. Into All right. I want to ask you about a guy that I think could be a superstar. He's not, he's not a parum, um, but I put him on the level of a Zeus. Um, I'm looking at the, I put him on the level of uh, a Masterson. This is a guy that I think could be a long-term Raider and be a great contributor. Isaiah Palomal. I really like him a lot. I like, I like his thinking. I was watching some film the other day, Zeke. And a couple of plays that he made where he made adjustments. And I'm thinking, okay, what is he seeing to make that adjustment? And there was nothing to see. It There's was nothing. just gut. It was film. It was, okay, you could tell he's been in the film room because he's making this adjustment before the quarterback's given him anything to adjust to. I like him. I like him personally. I like him professionally. I like his style. You know, you can't have all Jack Joneses in the defensive backfield because then it's just too much personality. I like that he'll sit back, let everybody shine. I like the kid. I'm, I'm buying on the kid. This is a money year. And like I think with Masterson, like I think with Zeus, I think he's going to do something this year. I think this is going to be a good year for Paulo Mo. So – Completely agree, but this is another way that I think uh, that he is similar to Zeus and that he's similar to, to Masterson. He just needs the opportunity, right? And what I've noticed just on a very large scale about Isaiah this season is even starting back in the preseason, almost every time he got on the field, almost every time he had a chance to play, he made a play. It might have been an interception here. It might have been a deflection there. It might have been a whatever it may be. He made a play almost every time he got a chance to show what he could do. So I, I agree with you. I think he's, you got to keep him on, on the team just because of his potential. And I also think you, you talked about the film aspect of him, right? He clearly studies his film, but his instincts, right? A lot of what he possesses is natural. You can't coach it. 
right? So you can let him go, but the chances of you finding another player that naturally has that instinct is going to be very, very slim. So I think they have to just build on that natural instinct, build on the things that he's already shown. And Isaiah has a lot of potential. I'm excited for him going forward too, for sure. I agree with you. All right, last subject I want to talk to you about today is, by the way, your article the other day about the Raiders staying at 13 was a very, very good article, very, very good one. But I want to talk about the Josh Jacobs-Zeus situation. Um, You and I are both aware AP wanted him back. Now, wanting someone back and a deal being able to get done are two different stories. You and I both believe, and I think we have reason to believe that on maybe some things we, we can't discuss, that Josh was willing to take less money to stay a Raider because he wants to play for AP. So the balance is going to be for AP and Telesco. Where do we value Jacobs at? Do we give him a two-year deal and put some some of it into how many games you're healthy enough to play? Now, I think that's fair because I think the Raiders are going to begin the transition to Zeke. It's like when um, the, the Cowboys had Ezekiel Elliott and Troy Pollard and they begin to make the transition. I think you've got to protect yourself with some incentives about Zeke being healthy because other than two years ago, he struggled with health. But at the same time, I don't think you punish him if he's healthy and you go with Zeus. I think it's going to be a unique situation. I don't think it's a guarantee that he comes back, but I do believe it's a guarantee both parties want to be back together it's going to be, though, this is where Telesco has going to have to do a very good job of saying to AP, okay, I agree, we want him. But if we're also going to make a transition to Zeke, because we got a couple more years of cheap money on him to find out who he is, this is going to be tenuous. This is something a lot of people aren't talking about that I find very tenuous. Listen, this is, you know, and the reason, again, the reason I'm smiling like that is because this is going to be one of the most important decisions that they make going forward right in terms of how much they pay josh if they pay josh if they resign them all those kinds of things and you know zeus being on the roster makes it that much more interesting right because now the raiders have a choice they, they have a choice to make but they also don't necessarily have to make it they can bring josh back and like you said still have zeus in the backfield so it's going to be interesting to see what they do um but what i will say is this though is that the raiders in my opinion have been preparing themselves for this moment since they drafted Zeus, right? They knew this time was going to come. And this is, it's not a bad thing. It just speaks to how much talent they have at this position, right? But they knew what they had in Josh. They knew he was, at the time, the best running back in the in the NFL. And they knew that, hey, money's going to be an issue for this guy sooner or later. We have to prepare ourselves. We have to protect ourselves, like you said. And I think that's what they did when they drafted Zeus. So in terms of AP wanting Josh back, I think everybody wants the relationship to continue. It's just a matter of if it will. So I think that's going to be the first you know, big roster decision uh, Telesco's going to have to make is obviously what to do with Josh Jacobs going forward. So, uh, so we'll see. Yeah. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch how this all unfolds. It's going to be, so this is Zeke. I said to everybody the other day, this is the, I've covered the team five years now. This is the first time where there's not anything to complain about. You finish the season on a high note. 
Enjoy your offseason. And, and uh, some people, and it's such a minimal percentage, uh, but we're in the same division with Andy Reid, Sean Payton, and Jim Harbaugh. Well, you beat Andy Reid. Yeah, so what? On Christmas in Kansas City, you made Taylor Swift watch a street fight, and you won it. And you won okay? it. You dominated it. <laughs> yeah. Dominated it. <laughs> you, I mean, it was – I guarantee you – Nah, never mind. I'm not going to get there. But it, it, All right, then you beat the Broncos twice with Sean Payton with two different quarterbacks. Then you should have beat the Bolts the first time if Josh McDaniels would have – I'm going to let that go. Yeah. You beat him the second time. There should be no consternation. You are the Raiders. You're like the hot chick that doesn't realize it. Zeke, you ever heard that country song, She Don't Know She's Beautiful? No. <laughs> no, but it sounds like a good song. <laughs> I, I'll, I want you to go listen to it on YouTube today. She Don't Know She's Beautiful, though time and time I told her so. Okay. I understand it's been 20 years of futility and struggle. I understand Raider Nation's frustrated, but now is the time to start letting those hopes germinate, take root. Because remember, you're the freaking Raiders. You are not the ugly chick. You are the hot chick. And you need to remember who you are. Am I wrong? Listen, when it comes to the Raiders, that is 100% correct. I mean, you just named it, right, in terms of how they did against the the Broncos, in terms of how they did against the Chargers. Hell, it sounds like they're the second-best team in the AFC West, if you ask me. And if things would have went a little bit differently for them this season, they would have been in the playoffs. And when I, and I do mean just a little bit differently, right? You win an extra game or two here or there, score a touchdown against the Vikings, you're probably in the playoffs, right? So, you know, they're, they're right there. They're knocking on the door. Um, what I'll say about in terms of uh, the outlook of the fan base and the outlook for the Raiders is it's the NFL, right? Let, let's take a step back. It's the NFL. No league gives you hope like the NFL. If you're the if you're a bad team in the NBA or you're a mediocre team in the NBA, you have zero chances of winning the championship. You can go, go down the list for other leagues as well. In the NFL, you can have a bad season this year and be in the NFC championship next year, right? So the Everything in terms of where the Raiders are and where they're headed, to me, speaks positivity. Uh, and also, I'll also say this, as people that are, as media that are in the locker room that's with the guys every day, we have a pretty good idea of the, the vibe, right? So if it's a negative vibe, trust us, we know, we feel it because we have to go report on it. That's not where they are right now. It's all positives, or at least it should be all positives um, on what should be a bright future. So in my opinion, it's it's an exciting time um, in terms of where these guys are. And, you know, make a couple additions here, subtractions there. They'll be right back in the playoffs next year, in my opinion. I heard from a couple of players a couple of days ago. I did a podcast and I talked about, do you not know your Raiders? I, I, you beat these guys. You know that. One of the players just sent me a text. You'll you'll know who it is. Preach that crap, and they didn't say crap. <laughs> I have I have no idea who would say that. <laughs> Her smile gives it away. Yes, hey, listen. Make pretty- sure next time you pick them to win by double digits. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Inside joke. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. All right. So listen, I want to remind everybody, 
I bought, I was given a pair of Air Force Ones. I have black socks, I promise. Okay. I'm buying Zeke a pair because somebody gave me one, so I want to pass it on. But I want to give one pair away to you, the listener. Here's my email. I'm giving it one time. Spartan Nation Mail, M-A-I-L at Yahoo.com. You must put in the subject line, Raiders Air Force One. Now, I need three things. Your name, your address, your shoe size. One sentence. Why we should pick you. If your one sentence is like, I'm going to put it to a side. We're going to number each one. So let's say we get 100. I'm going to bring my wife on the podcast, probably going to be Friday's podcast. She's going to pick a number. One of those numbers. We're going to announce the winner on the podcast on Friday. And then I'm going to buy you a pair of Black Air Force One. Now, come on, Zeke. That's Listen, given. I'm I'm terribly excited. I'm very grateful. I just have a question for you in terms of the winner of the shoes. Are you going to add a pair of black socks with the shoes or not? Nah? <laughs> Is it just the shoes? Are socks included or not? Nah? <laughs> you just want a pair of socks, don't you? Love my socks, man. I need, I need a pair of socks. <laughs> Fine. I will give each of you one pair of black socks. Sounds like a deal to me. I know, Zeke, when you get your shoes and your socks, you got to take a picture and you got to tweet it out. I'm with it. Let's do it. All right, good. So send me that. Now, remember, today is Wednesday morning early. You got to have all emails to me by midnight Eastern or 1159 tonight. The 31st. Any email that comes after, delete, gone. You got to have it to me today. I want to give those away. We'll announce it on Friday. It'll be a lot of fun. We're going to have a good time together. <clears throat> lots of stuff coming up. Lots of great stuff coming up. Zeke, talk about some of the articles you got coming, Zeke. Oh, listen. There, listen, I'm coming off. Listen, give me give me a second. So what I do is I just try to think of um, you know, the most interesting aspects of the team, right? So a lot of mine are opinion-based, don't get me wrong, uh, but just stay tuned, stay tuned. Um, the last week has been fun of just kind of coming over articles of where I think the, the Raiders could uh, improve or what they can do into next season, and uh, more is on the way. Trust me on that one, for sure. All right, I got an email, I got to read this. Comes to us from C. Thomas. He said, Hondo, how do you determine what stories you tell Zeke to write? I'm just curious. Now, I'm curious. Do I tell you what to write? No. Uh, literally, like the question you just asked me a moment ago kind of speaks to it. The quick answer is like, no, not at all, at like whatsoever. Um, it, every out of all the articles I've written, you've probably have given me direction on you know specific direction or maybe a handful of them, if that. And even on those, it was never, hey, write this. It was one thing, two things run with it. And that's one thing that I've always appreciated because honestly, um, I struggle if I get put into a box like that. Hey, write this, write this, write this. I, I'm not as productive as that. So um, you, you know, to answer your, the, the email, hardly at never, I got, that's why I'm kind of stuttering over my words right now. It literally never happens. Um, and it helps me out tremendously to have that free range to kind of just write what I think is best. So yeah, yeah you kind of let me do my thing. And that, that means a lot to me. 
Well, you're a terrific writer. And I don't think terrific writers, I mean, occasionally I've had, you know, I, I can think of one article in particular where I said, I want you to address this. Mm-hmm. And you did it. I mean, I told you then, I thought it was a masterful piece of writing. Yeah. I didn't even care how you addressed it. I just yeah. wanted you to address it. Literally. I, I've got to tell you, I love reading your articles. I enjoy your articles. I love your style and your voice and how you write. Um, you're one of the best and we're blessed to have you, Zeke. Hey, man, thank you. Uh, thank you, as always, for more than anything. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I'm always I don't ask for a whole lot in life, but an opportunity. Um, and you've given me that. So I appreciate it. Well, and some black Air Force Ones. Oh, yeah, that's coming, too. <laughs> He's the one and only the great Zeke Trezevant. We love him. We appreciate him. We respect him. Remember, follow me on Instagram at, at Hondo SR. You can also find me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Hondo Carpenter or si.com forward slash NFL forward slash Raiders. We'll see you tomorrow.